Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, usually about 13, 14 minutes. But it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us with our faith since we keep emphasizing that the Scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps keep us with a better, more spiritual and positive mindset to be able to deal with life every day. And life throws a lot at us. Help people in your life by sharing these short studies with them every day, getting them into God's Word and help them, helping them grow in their faith through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven eventually. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, and we're coming toward the end of this particular study. And we're emphasizing as as smart as you think you might be, as wealthy as you might think you are, as successful as you might find yourself being, and, and as capable as you might think you are. You can't do it yourself. You can't do it yourself. You must trust in God. You need God in your life. You need God in your life. What do you suppose is the reality of an atheist who thinks arrogantly, adamantly, there is no God. And that's so obviously they think they don't need God because they don't believe in God. What do you think will be their reality after they die and they stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, at judgment? That day is coming. There will not be any atheists on that day. Everybody will be absolutely assured beyond any question, God exists. What do you suppose will be their thoughts on that particular day? It's hard for me to imagine. I mean, I could just say, boy, was I wrong. Boy, did I blow it. I was 180 degrees off. I mean, you could come up with all kinds of statements, but I think they would all fall short of the stark reality that suddenly would be facing them. Well, what about all those people, and you probably know some, they would not say they're atheists. If you ask them point blank, do you believe in God? They would say, well, yeah, I believe in God, but they don't live a godly life whatsoever. They don't live a faithful life. They're not a part of a church. Now, they might have their name on a roll, but they never attend, rarely if ever. Maybe they might come to, to please mom on, Ma, on Mother's Day, or maybe they might say, okay, you know, the family wants to go, you know, on Christmas Eve or whatever, and so they'll go to Christmas Eve service. But, but that, that's it. I mean, it, rarely, if ever, darken the door of any church building, never pick up the Bible, never read a single verse of Scripture, rarely pray, and, 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 and yet they say they believe in God, but they don't, want, they don't want to think about God. God's not really in their head because they want to live life the way they want to live it. They think they're big enough, they're smart enough, they're determined enough, their emotions are, are charged enough that they, they, they can do, they want to do what they want to do. They want to feel good about what they're thinking but they keep making bad choices and they keep suffering the consequences, but they keep making bad choices. They don't seem to learn. Well, why don't they turn to God? Why don't they give God a try? Because God's not in their head. Now, maybe that's where you are, or maybe that's where 
someone you really love and care about is. Might be a family member, might be a friend, might be a work associate. Maybe you can help them. Again, share these studies with them. Maybe it can help open their eyes. The Apostle Paul, before he became a Christian, he was an enemy of Christianity. He was an enemy of Christ. Now, he believed in God with all of his heart, and he thought he was serving God by hunting down Christians and putting them on trial, trying to intimidate them and manipulate them and threaten them into denying their faith in Christ and even voting for their execution on some occasions. But he came to realize he was absolutely 180 degrees wrong. He had to change his life completely from one end of the spectrum to the other. He came to understand Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and I must come to God through him, John 14 and verse 6. Now, he needed to learn the lessons, and what he thought was so important to him before he became a Christian, he realized those things don't matter. They're just part of physical life in this world. They don't matter in comparison to being in Christ. Now, you can't guarantee your next moment. You can't do it yourself. You must trust in God. You need to come to the recognition and the realization you truly, deeply need God. Some people just, they think money answers everything. If I just had enough money, or if I had more money, if I had this better job, if I, may, if I got this raise in my salary... But Jesus said in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus was saying, money, the things money can buy, they're things of this world. They're physical in nature, and they're ultimately going to decay, and they're going to become corrupted through that, that decaying process. And ultimately, he's coming again on the final day of judgment, and it's all going to be burned up. So if that's where you, your sense of security is, he said you're missing the boat. In Mark chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, we read this. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches, for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. You see, people think, and, and maybe especially in the culture of that day in that part of the world, rich people, if they're rich, they're on the upper echelon. Well, surely the rich people, they can do everything. They must be good because they're rich. And then verse 25, Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, we might scratch our head. We might think, well, riches surely, wealth surely demonstrates goodness in the life of an individual. But Surely we're smarter than, than that. What does 
the, what did the Apostle Paul write in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17? Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives richly all things to enjoy. And so we come back to James 1 and verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. How did a wealthy person gain that wealth? Unless they were dishonest. If they were doing it through good, shrewd business ventures and everything, who gave them the abilities to understand how to do that business? Who gave them the opportunities, the talents? You see, if anything in your life is truly good, then you have God to thank for whatever that thing is that is truly good. Now, some people gain wealth and they gain position in society and culture through ill-gotten means, through even in some cases through illegalities. But those who genuinely have been blessed with good things in their lives need to recognize those good things are blessings from God. And they need to live in such a way that they demonstrate in the way they use those blessings that they're thankful for them, thankful to God. The consistent message throughout the scriptures from both God and Christ is this simple message. Now, this is one of them, obviously. This is what we're focusing on in this study. Trust me. Trust me. You need to trust God. I need to trust God. We all need to trust God because we need God in our lives. We need to come to realize I can't do it myself. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 33, as he's coming to a, to, to a conclusion in a teaching on the necessities of life, he said, seek God with all your heart and all these things shall be added unto you. Huh. Put God first, in other words. In Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Trust me. Seek God and his righteousness first and foremost. Make God the center of your life. And Jesus said, all these things I've been t- talking to you about, food, clothing, yeah, God will take care of you. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How much turmoil some people go through because they want to do it themselves. They don't want to turn to God. Thinking about God, recognizing almost instantly that they're not living a righteous life before God. They're not trusting God. They're not serving God. So they put them out of their minds, and yet they keep suffering the consequences. They're looking for something that this world is not going to give them on a lasting basis. They're looking for a peace, for a contentment, for a satisfaction that can only come fully through a right relationship with God, through Jesus Christ. How we need to learn the lesson. How everybody needs to learn the lesson. And stop trying to do it 
ourselves on our own through our own power and capability. You can't do it yourself. You must trust in God. You truly, and this is not preacher talk, this is the truth, the fact of the matter, you truly need God. What about that person who all of a sudden is facing catastrophe in his life or her life, and then they turn to God in prayer? Now, they may not have prayed to God for 10 or 15 or 20 years before that, but now they recognize they need God. How much better it would have been if they would have recognized that reality earlier in their life and turned to God before that catastrophe ever happened. Then they could face it, if it did happen, with confidence that God will see me through. You need God in your life. We'll conclude our study next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, oh, help us to see that we can trust you and therefore we need to come to you. Please see us through and help us to see others, help, help others see that they can trust you and that you can see them through. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.